Animation Fixation. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Animation Fixation podcast show where we talk everything animation. When Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse first slung its web onto the silver screen in 2018, we had no idea just how much of an impact it would have on the world of 3D animation. It was like nothing we had ever seen before. Now, since mm-hmm. 1995, when Toy Story first came out, studios were constantly aiming for that Pixar look or aiming for their films to look more realistic. Now, on the odd occasion, we'd get projects like Star Wars The Clone Wars that started to change things up stylistically, but for the most part, 3D animated films looked the same. Then along came Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which shone a light on just what was possible with 3D. Like, we were entering a brave new world here. Now, here was a superhero film in an already overly saturated genre, which was something completely new. Like, were we watching a film or a comic book? Like, it stretched the boundaries of what 3D animated films could look like. And it, it's inspired more 3D filmmakers to try something new. But it wasn't just filmmakers that loved it. Both critics and audiences loved it, giving it a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And the film raked in over $384 million at the box office on a $90 million budget. So when it was announced that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse would be slinging its web onto the silver screen once again, (laughs) it's pretty safe to say that people were excited. But Mm -hmm. coming from a film with such high acclaim, Across the Spider-Verse has some pretty big shoes to fill, which it appears to be doing so, scoring 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and raking in $425 million at the time of this recording. It surpassed the first film's total gross in just 12 days. Wow. (laughs) Uh, It's crazy. That's impressive. You really don't hear that happening very often at all. Um, Now, I do want to give a quick warning that while we do our absolute best to avoid spoilers, there's always a slight chance one or two might slip through. So just a warning to you guys. So... The film follows not just our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Miles, but also his good friend Gwen Stacy, as they are catapulted across the multiverse where they meet a team of spider people who are charged with defending its existence, which is currently under attack from the spot. But that's not all that risks destroying the entire multiverse. Now, this was an extremely simplified retelling of the plot, as there's just... (laughs) So much that goes on. So, Caitlin, Mm -hmm. my first question to you is, do you think that the overwhelming success this film is having is due to hype and the love that people have for the first Spider-Man movie? Or do you think that Across the Spider-Verse is deserving of all of this acclaim? Well, I mean... Because it is a sequel, it's it's really hard to separate the two because, of course, when you have such a strong first film, everyone's going to be excited for it. I think mm-hmm. this lives up to the promise of, of Into the Spider-Verse. I feel like it's really delivering this beautiful artistic style. Really, Into the Spider-Verse, now having seen Across the Spider-Verse, 
that was a pitch document. It was, here's something cool that we think we can do. And mm-hmm. this is the style fully realized. And I loved it. It was so much more artistic than the first one. You had this beautiful watercolor for Gwen Stacy's uh, universe, which comes directly from her comic book covers. And the way that it, the watercolor backdrops interact with the characters and the way that they shift during her moods when she's giving this big speech to her dad and having her big emotional breakthrough watching water droplets run down the the matte paintings and ruin this beautiful watercolor image and have the whole Mm -hmm. image running with her emotions it was beautiful to watch it was so nice and because we also get so many more spider people coming in here we get a whole lot of different styles i think one of my favorite styles of this was uh hobie or spider punk Mm -hmm. um i i i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know what music was playing when he was on screen but the (laughs) only thing i could hear was the sex pistols it was perfection i and just technically really really cool to watch so i i think this well and truly is a fantastic film in its own right it doesn't need into the spider-verse to prop it up obviously for story it's a continuation Mm -hmm. so you're gonna struggle coming to this film if you haven't seen the first one but i I think you'd still enjoy it it is a visual masterpiece so it is you'll find something to love in there even if you haven't seen the first one absolutely they've really evolved Mm -hmm. the style so after watching this film I did go back to watch the, the first film. Normally you'd watch the first one and then watch the new <laughs> one, but, you know, I'm, I'm a bit weird like that. Mm-hmm. And and it really stood out just how much they evolved yeah. the artistic style of this. They didn't just revert back to what they knew definitely worked. It felt like they, they were like, okay, we know what we can do. Let's push it even further. Now, there were times that I did feel that they went a little overboard mm-hmm. with the styles, mainly in some of the action sequences. Now, that's not to say that the action sequences weren't masterfully done. Yeah. The animation was flawless. It was absolutely amazing. But they really, really pushed not just the, the comic book, but a mixture mm-hmm. of these artistic styles and it was very much in your face. Yeah. Now, it didn't stop it from being beautiful, but it is very intense. And at times you you do need a little bit of a of a break from it, which we are granted. And those slower moments are beautiful. Yeah. They really knew when to pull back on their intense animation, art and all that and and give you those those slow, more peaceful moments that aided in not just the story but also the character growth as well because there were some beautiful quiet scenes in this not just between miles and gwen stacy but also between miles and his parents there were some really nice scenes that they had in there so they weren't just relying on throwing fancy flashy images at you Mm -hmm. They, they gave you real genuine moments in this film that that made you think it gave you a chance to to breathe and take in what they were showing us and it was just masterfully done absolutely i will say though that even in those slow moments 
and and you you mentioned the the music before mm. the music in this it for me at least it didn't really hold up as much as what the first film did no. um like the 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 film the the music in this really felt like just ambience yes I, I don't remember a single song. There were definitely songs, but yeah, I'm I'm not. There were, but there was they, they were forgettable. There was not that like like that what's up danger moment from the first one where you have this really cool you know Miles jumping off the building, taking yes. that leap of faith, this awesome track to it. You don't get that moment in this, and so no, you don't. like the music definitely doesn't hold up to the first one. But I mean, I feel like. It's supporting the story. It's not a detractor for me. It's just it hasn't had that spotlight moment that it had in the first one. And that would have been cool. If, like, I think there was definitely an opportunity for some of those moments in there. I just think that it maybe didn't capitalize on it as much as it could have. No, that's true. Especially with... Um... Oh, you ju- you just mentioned his name, um, the the Sex Pistols character. Oh, Hobie. Um, Hobie, that's that's right. I would have expected to hear like I'm no music guru, but I, I would have definitely expected to to hear a lot more of the the old school rock yeah. music and some songs that we we would recognize that you would associate that kind of character with. Um, but I didn't really feel like we got that with him. As much as I'd love to hear it, I think part of me also has a little bit of I know I'm a bit nervous about moments like that as well because of um, uh, the Suicide Squad because that one it was it focused on the soundtrack way too heavily and to, like to the expense of dialogue you couldn't hear dialogue that's happening underneath because they just pumped the soundtrack They're like we've paid so much to get this song you're gonna hear it yeah. and you couldn't hear what was actually happening underneath yes. it was it was not a good. Vibe, yeah, no, so... that, that's a really good point. And, and that's where filmmakers really have to find a balance between mm-hmm. the two. The dialogue should be far more interesting than the song that's being played. 100%. And if it's not, you kind of mucked up your story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, talking about story, <laughs> how did you feel about this story? Because it, it is dealing with the multiverse. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a story that's going to be little more convoluted it's just like time travel movies yeah how did you feel that they handled it for this, this one where i have to out myself as a marvel fanboy so <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that um but i i have kind of been quite into um a bunch of different comics for spider-man and a bunch of other comics where kind of deal with these different universes and these multiversal threads you know we've started seeing it in some of the more recent content like for live action so in stuff like loki um Mm -hmm. we're getting a lot more of this kind of multiverse and uh, a lot more of these interconnected storylines so i feel like i've been very much prepped for this um I, i i feel like it's very much in the thread of what's happening and i don't i didn't find it too convoluted um, mm-hmm. I, I can I can see why people would though like there is a lot going on in there and yep. while we do have kind of spot at, set up in the beginning as the villain it kind of moves a little bit more away from him as we go through the film to set up you know the, the spider society and um, yep. you know kind of switches tracks a little bit I know exactly why they did it and I think it works really mm-hmm. well to kind of have these two plots side by side and interacting with each other and never quite finishing one of them because they are 
making another film so this is a two-parter um we did end on that amazing cliffhanger uh, which i know a lot of people are bitter about um (laughs) don't worry you're not gonna have to wait another five years it's gonna be out in march guys um you can you can hold it i believe in you um (laughs) but i think i think we're gonna see both of these wrap up in this really beautiful tangled web um appropriate for spider people (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't but you know what i'm gonna own it now um yeah so i i think i think that it's going to interact really well for the next film i can see all this beautiful setup Mm. coming together to make something even more than if they just focused on okay this is just gonna be about the spot or this is just about the spider society by interweaving these two plots particularly given spots powers and the way that's affecting Mm -hmm. the multiverse which the spider society is trying to maintain i think uh it's it's quite an interesting play on who is actually the villain and and what the right thing to do is and it's something we see a lot it's something i mentioned in the movie about this is part of every spider-man it's the trying to have it all trying to be able to save the people you love and save you know society it's being able to be you know peter or miles or gwen but also be spider-man be spider-woman um and the attitude of spider-man is usually i can do both and it blows up in their face so um it's quite interesting to kind of see them kind of taking that same attitude to the story of i can do both i just hope it doesn't blow up in their face because i think it could be beautiful of course well, I mean, it, it's a plot line that they mm. use in so many of the Spider-Man um, storylines. I'm no um, Spider-Man expert, but th- they seem to use it all the time. If, if you're dealing with um, the the you know the multiverse, you have an infinite number of possible. So why do lines. all the Spider-Men have the same story? <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> exactly. Well. I, yeah, I, this is something I think we're going to get into a little bit more in in the next uh, film. Um, and I've I've seen mm-hmm. some articles recently suggesting that we're going to see a lot more into the Spider Punk universe. And Spider Punk does oh. kind of break that mold just a little bit. Um, yes. You know, instead of having the um, you know the tragic death of the well, it's still a little bit. Um, uh, Spider Punk did kind of beat a president to death with a guitar <laughs> so you know um we're gonna we're, we're gonna be in for a ride um and i'm here for it i support hobie's rights and i support hobie's wrongs <laughs> absolutely now actually talking about the multiverse mm-hmm. we are exposed to so many different mm-hmm. types of spider-man i have to ask you mm-hmm. apart from hobie who i think is going to be everyone's yeah, favorite what which one really stood out to you oh just for sheer like stupidity the t-rex yes i'm so glad you said that one i love his stupid little arms it is hilarious and i i pray that they bring that one back please there's a lot of humor mm-hmm. in this and a lot of the humor does strike the mark like it's the sort of humor that you would expect from Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. It's that silly, wacky, but it's something that both adults and kids are going to find funny. <laughs> there is a, a funny scene. This isn't really a spoiler, but <laughs> um, Miles is running away, and 
they're all, all on the lookout for him. They're like, um, arrest Spider-Man. And this one Spider-Man walks out and everyone's just staring at him. He's like, what? Do I have something on me? And he turns around and you got Miles stuck on his back like, like a, a spider. spider. <laughs> I really wish they had taken that moment to like have the Spider-Man freak out that there was a spider on him. That would have been yes. That would have been. Oh, that would have been pure gold. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. And so, like, there's a lot of serious moments in this film, um, yeah. a lot of touching moments, and it's it's great seeing how they they balance it out with the sort of humor that they that they had in this. But talking about some of the really nice moments, there, there is this amazing moment with Gwen Stacy and her dad. Mm. And what I really loved about it, it is an emotional scene and how they, because in each multiverse, the art style changes. Yes. And in this one, it's a lot more, there's a lot more watercolor. Mm-hmm. And as they're getting into this emotional scene, you see the the watercolor starting to run down the the walls, and it's, so it's nice. it is just stunning. It was just masterful filmmaking. It, the way it affects the lighting as well, it's just beautiful. Like it just has this gorgeous kind of really nice pastelly tint over everything. Like even like mm-hmm. just cutting between um, shots, you watch like Gwen's hair kind of change color as the lighting changes and it's just oh you really get this sense of like this beautiful flow of her moods and the way that she's kind of dealing with these situations it's gorgeous it really really is and it was details like that that made me really appreciate this film because it it just goes to show how Mm -hmm. much thought was put into the not just the artistic style but how they were going to tell the story as a visual medium not just relying on dialogue and and the actual animation but also relying on the art style as well i think the art style and Um, the story of just they've always for this um for this series gone hand in hand like they like they are completely linked and it's just so beautiful to watch um particularly when you've got all these elements that you've seen from the comics so like the watercolors of gwen stacy's that kind of really like sex pistols newspapery from Spider-Punk, um, you know, even you get the the live-action Spider-Man in here. So you've got um, Andrew Garfield, yes. you've got Tobey Maguire. You, there was just a full live-action Don Glover as Prowler just sitting in a cage. <laughs> and you know what? He did not look out of place. That's really impressive. He's no, surrounded he by animated characters and he's just sitting there having a conversation and it looked flawless. You could not pick a fault with it. That's that's skill. And that that's not even just good mm. comping. It worked because of how they actually set this world up. Exactly. If they just randomly plonked him in, in there just saying, oh yeah, this is a multiverse, it wouldn't have worked. No. They had to show us a lot more examples mm-hmm. of different mediums before you could introduce a live action character. There is a, a brilliant scene that I loved where they were... It, I think it was recreating a, a scene in Lego. Oh, that was so cool! Yeah, it, like j- just out of the blue, you ha- they go into this this universe that's that's made out of Lego. Amazing! I loved it. I, I know everyone's been talking about it, but I have to mention it because it's just incredible. That was animated by a fourteen-year-old kid. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> no yeah. way. 
he had recreated the trailer for Across the Spider-Verse and Lego and popped it up online and Sony saw it and went, hey, you want to do a bit for the film? <laughs> and of course, he said yes, because you of don't course. say no to that. Like, no. <laughs> and that um, kid is now the most popular kid in school. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. Could you imagine the, the popularity credits you get from that? I mean... I Amazing. just casually did the Lego part on Spider Spider Man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's just what I do in my free time, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> honestly, um, he's incredibly talented. Um, oh, that kid's that kid's got a bright future ahead of him. Oh, but look, everyone that worked on this film had absolutely amazing talent. And this would have absolutely been a project that myself and many of our colleagues would have loved to have worked on. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and not just because it's it's a highly acclaimed film, but it's something that people will remember. Mm-hmm. As mentioned before, a lot of film studios were going for the, the Pixar look. Yeah. And as a result, a lot of the films, stylistically, you don't remember them. They end up relying 100% on the story and not so much the visuals. They, they kind of go on the assumption that because it's a 3D film, it, sh- it should make money. We'll just focus on the story. Now, you can't have a great looking film, but a terrible story oh that's just going to make a terrible film. Mm-hmm. But when you have a good story, but an amazing looking film that's different to everything else, that's something that's going to stand out. People are going to remember it and they're going to want to watch it again and again and again because it's going to be fresh. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something new. And that, that's that's why I love these films because it's, it's a studio that's taking a risk. Yes. The Pixar look, it works. You know, it, we, we know that it looks good. It's nothing new, but it works. And when we're given something like um, the, the Spider-Man films... It's something that's completely new. It's refreshing and it's exciting. And I feel that people definitely want more of films yeah. like this. They, they don't have to stylistically look like this, but be given films that are just stylistically different to everything else that, that, we, that we are given. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all for studios and I'm all for directors and artists taking an idea and running with it and creating something new and different. Yeah. I think that's only ever going to benefit us. Like, I think we have, there's Absolutely. so much creative talent in, in every single person and being able to showcase that and being able to make something new and original, that's just awesome. I, I'm, I get very excited by that. I, I am seeing a lot more because it became so popular from Spider-Verse and now everyone's kind of wanting to jump on the bandwagon. It's very funny now seeing, you know, like you had, you know, the very scribbly um, lines from uh, the Mitchells vs. Machines. Look at the new um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer. It's very painterly. It's very, you can see the direct. And the, the Puss in Boots as well. I still haven't seen that. Oh. I'll get around to it. We're going to have to do okay. an episode on Puss in Boots. <laughs> this, this whole podcast is just Tim's <laughs> elaborate way to make me watch films. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I would never do that. No. <laughs> but ever since um, the first Spider-Verse movie came out, it inspired filmmakers to try something mm-hmm. new. And we're seeing more of that, which is fantastic. Now, not all of them are going to be perfect. Not all of them are going to strike no. gold. But by offering us something 
new and different, mm-hmm. we're far more likely to see it than if it's just the same old thing. Exactly. Um, like Pixar's Elemental. I have not seen it yet. Apparently, it is a good film, but people aren't interested. You know, it, uh, it's nothing new. It's, it's just like Inside Out, but with elements. Okay. I'm sure that the story would be good, but stylistically, it's it just looks like another Pixar film. Yeah. Um, and it it gets it gets boring, which is unfortunate because a lot of talented people put their heart and souls into those films, and they're mm-hmm. good stories. But people just don't want the same dish over and over and over again. I haven't seen Elemental yet either. I do want to watch it eventually. Um, yeah. But like like if you look at the water and the fire that's going on there, like it's it is stunning, but it's it's kind of their wheelhouse at this point. We see it every time, yes. and I. I really want to see them take a risk. I really want them to try something completely yes. new. And, you know, it, even if it doesn't work, it's going to be interesting. Like, it's going to yeah, be different. Exactly. It'll, you'll stand out from all of your other films. Exactly. And people will remember yeah. it. And, I mean, Pixar nails stories. Mm. Like, 90% of the time, they hit the mark on the story. And so if they give us something new, uh, stylistically, then... We'll, we're far more likely to, to see 100%. it. 100%. Um, anyway, we've kind of gone a little bit off topic here. What film are we talking about? Um, so obviously, obviously, we both we both love this film. 100%. Is there anything about it that you don't like? Ooh. I don't think that there's anything that I can kind of think that I would... Other than maybe, like, again, we don't have that big musical moment that we had... Um, mm-hmm. from Into the Spider-Verse, and I would have really liked to see that. Um, I think otherwise I don't really have anything that kind of bothers me about this. I think it is a very near-perfect film. I'm very excited for the next one. I am mm-hmm. feeling for the entire creative team that are now going to try and pump it out for March. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if that date pushes um, because that's an oh, ex- no. like, I know they've been working on the two simultaneously, but that's still an insane turnaround. And I think Absolutely. one of my biggest fears right now is that if there was any kind of feedback out of this, uh, either from audiences or, you know, producers wanting to kind of flex their muscles a little bit, going, oh, we should just do this. I'm so worried they're going to try and force through a change and it's going to, firstly, those poor artists. And secondly, this film, this series has earned its right to see out its creative vision without interference. Yes. Learn from Star Wars mistakes. Don't try and please everyone. Stay true to your story mm-hmm. and your vision and don't compromise it for ratings because you're, you're never going to make everybody happy. This makes most yeah. people happy. Like, this is something as close as you're going to get to making everyone happy. Yes. Well, th- that's what I was going to say. Th- this has received mm-hmm. such high acclaim that there would be no logical reason for any producer or creative higher up to say, oh, we need to make a change. Because what they've done, the, the subtle changes that they have made, mm-hmm. they've worked. And people aren't... This isn't a Sonic movie. People aren't screaming out for changes. <laughs> now, on rare occasions, you should listen to, to people, and, and we've seen that pay off. In that off. one case, I but, agree with you. But, yeah, look, nothing nothing really needs to, to change. 
I'm always going to be nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I was to suggest any, I wouldn't so much say changes, but dial back just how intense some of the visuals mm-hmm. are on the action sequences. Like they're so in your face that it can get yeah. a bit over the top sometimes. Um, so I'd probably pull that back a little bit. Um, do something a little bit more with the music, like mm-hmm. what was done with the first film. Again, if they keep it the same as what they did for the second uh, film, it's not going to kill it. I will say that my main gripe mm-hmm. with this is just how convoluted things start getting. There, there's so many little plots that, that come up and I can see more cropping mm-hmm. up that the risk of plot holes is only going to get bigger and people are going to start nitpicking the, the plot more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something that they will really need to be careful of because it, it started frustrating oh, yeah. me towards the, the end. I love mm-hmm. the ending. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I wasn't expecting it and I really liked it. But the overcomplication of the plots did distract me a little bit from what I was seeing. But overall, like you, there's not much that I could really critique about this film. I think one of the really, I think, benefits of, of diving into an IP with this much history, particularly this much history mm-hmm. in telling multiversal stories, because you do have, yes. um, you know, kind of comics that center around different spider people working together um so you do have a lot to draw on which can be overwhelming like maybe have like 90 spider people in a chase scene rather than 100 like there's a lot (laughs) going on there um we'll see that sort of thing um benefits Mm -hmm. the story like when when you have um easter eggs easter eggs are great i don't feel like they don't affect the plot at all well, I, they they really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But when you have Easter eggs like that, and ca- especially pulling from the the vast history mm-hmm. that Spider Man has, the, you, you're just adding to that um, that visual density, um, <laughs> that fan service, and um, you can have a, a lot of fun as a, a as a creator with mm-hmm. that. You, you saw that with the the Lego yeah. Batman film. Uh, for example, so many Easter eggs in that, and people had so much fun just pointing them out, and it, it, it can be done very easily with this mm-hmm. um, sort of film without. I'm really looking the story. forward to when this comes out on either Disney Plus or on um, mm-hmm. Blu-ray because I'm gonna like frame by frame and yes. just like find all of the Easter eggs. It's gonna be like a 14-day <laughs> watch through, and yep. I I think that is the correct choice for my life. You know what? Having worked on a number of films that have had. Mm easter eggs in them you do as a um as someone that's worked on these films wait to see how long it takes for people to be able to spot all of them it usually doesn't take very long because i swear there are people all they do is go frame by frame through their favorite films to just pick out all the the easter eggs but it is always exciting when they they spot one or two that you yourself might not have worked on a particular sequence. So you're like, oh, I didn't realize I put that in. That's fantastic. Look, I'm just happy when people are going frame by frame to like find the Easter eggs and not noticing all of the mistakes. <laughs> yes. If, if they don't see our mistakes, <laughs> yep. then we've done our yep. job right. 
<laughs> what mistakes? We don't make mistakes. I don't know what you're talking about. No, of, of course not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're artistic choices mm-hmm. that were done on purpose mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so the hard part or maybe even the easy part. Caitlin, what would you rate this film as? I'm, I'm going to have to. I've, I've got to give it a five out of five. It's, it's beautiful. It's stunning. I love it so much. All of the characters hooked me immediately and... Even the new characters, not just the ones that we know from before. Mm-hmm. It was just, I think, a fantastic story, beautifully told and beautifully presented. Mm-hmm. I have no notes, really. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I can't quite give it a, a perfect five. I'd definitely give the first one okay. a five. It's one of my favorite animated films. But the issues that I do have with it, They Mm. are nitpicks. All around there is nothing particularly bad about this film. They're just nitpicks. But the nitpicks do add up for me in that I would happily, more than happily, go back and watch the first one over and over again. This one I'll definitely be re-watching, but there'd be more of a um, time frame between each each viewing. You you do kind of need a, a breather from it. But again... It is not a bad film. So many people really like this film. The the ratings it's it's getting, the money that it's made, it's it's all warranted. It's deserved all the acclaim that it's received. Um, so I would give this one a four and a half. Um, it was just it, it was so close to getting a perfect five, but not quite there yet. But still a very very well made film. Well, alrighty then. Um. <laughs> Now, we've got one more film in the franchise I'm to go. So, excited. so let's see if, if, if they can pull, if they can pull it off again. It's it's already it's mm-hmm. a rarity for a sequel to do better than the, the, the first film. We do see it on occasion, but it is a rarity. But to see a third mm-hmm. film in a franchise, like can we make this third film the Lord of the Rings Return of the King? Will it be? <laughs> We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. We'll I do get the feeling it will also have seven endings. <laughs> so. Oh no. <laughs> That's gonna be the director's cut for you, Tim. All right, we we better leave it there before I have an aneurysm. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please support us by liking, sharing, all that fun stuff, and we will catch you around again in the next episode. See ya. See you later. <laughs>